0: This summer, dive into the many cools of San Antonio. Because as soon as the temperature rises, so do the many cool things to do. Come keep cool with amazing pools and the hottest nights at the coolest spots in Texas. Go to visitsanantonio.com slash summer. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 3081. We're getting back to our series of looks at characters and story arcs from the Andor season one full package now that we have every episode available. And today we're gonna talk about one of the villains that you almost maybe root for just the slightest bit. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So today we're going to talk about Cyril Karn and Karn. Cyril Karn. I don't know why I have difficulty with that one. Pronunciation, as you know, is quite a fun thing on Star Wars 7x7. But anyway, we'll just stick with Cyril because we know that works. And as far as sympathy goes well you know let me put it to you this way somebody had put out a a question i think it was on twitter but maybe it was on hive when hive was becoming a thing before it got shut down so unceremoniously but comparing cyril and perrin and who's better or worse basically and my thought on the matter had been that at least cyril in theory, his heart was in the right place, and so that to me made him a little bit more tolerable than Perrin, whose skin, uh, I'm sorry, who makes my skin crawl, <laughs> is what I should be saying. But the reason why I found Cyril to it be at least slightly sympathetic is because when we meet him, he wants to do the right thing In investigating the deaths of the two Preox Morlana corporate officers, the murder of those two officers, but his supervisor won't let him because there's a corruption aspect happening, right? The officers were in a place that they shouldn't have been. They were in a high-rent district, which also they should not have been in. There were just a lot of threads that could unravel as a result, and so He was like, yeah, let's play things down. And it gets into that whole scenario of we don't necessarily want to raise the attention level to the point where the empire takes an interest in things. This is something that we've talked about previously on the podcast and in particular with historian Chris Kempschall about fascism and how that whole situation works. But again, Cyril is not really wrong in wanting to go pursue this. And also, by extension, you would imagine that he would want to see that level of corruption in which those two officers were involved. He'd like to see that unraveled as well. So, in that sense, he's not entirely villainous. But where he goes wrong, particularly, at least as far as I see it, is he doesn't take into account the information that he's getting from you know the people doing research and monitoring at the Preox Morlana corporate authority where they're telling him Pharax is its own animal entirely and that you have to treat it differently instead he gets swayed by Linus Mosk who is all gung-ho and like let's show them what happens when they mess with the Preox Morlana corporate authority like let's bring the fury to them, right? Like Mosk is just gung-ho in a way that it really seems like the Ferrex mission should not have had that approach taken to it. So if Cyril had come up with another way to approach the apprehension of Cassian, he might well have pulled it off and it would have been a feather in his cap to be sure. Instead it turns into an absolute cluster fest and he gets fired and has to slink back home to Coruscant. Luckily for him, his mother has connections and she's not afraid to use them, especially if it means getting one over on her own son. And he ends up with a corporate bureaucratic job, a mindless functionary job that makes him disappear into an endless sea of Star Wars like cubicles. And this kind of ends up being a double edged example of what happens in fascist environments when you're part of the problem of fascism if you will on the one hand he has enough connections where it's not hurting him necessarily he's able to land on his feet for all intents and purposes but on the other hand he is busted down in a way that makes it clear that Even if you're an ally to the whole fascist government, you could still get stomped on and it's not going to make any difference that you were rooting for the bad guys, right? Because that's essentially what happens with Dedra Miro and him. He's trying whatever he can to get attention for his information about Andor. And yes, he's able to share it with Dedra and the ISB, but they are just as likely to smash him to a pulp once they get that information because he still just won't let it go. So you do kind of have to wonder what exactly got into his head about deciding that he had to go back to Ferex when Linus Moss called, right? I mean, with the first encounter with the ISB and then after stalking Dedra and getting warned that he was going to be in serious trouble if he kept pursuing this, I mean, why would he go back to Ferex? The level of obsession over Cassian in this particular case is beyond all bounds. The only thing that makes sense to me is that he wanted to restore himself back to his life as either a preox Morlana corporate authority officer or maybe even somehow work his way into the ISB with a spectacular capture of Cassian Andor demonstrating his perseverance and his tenacity. And instead, of course, he just ends up rescuing Dedra Miro, which is certainly a good thing for Dedra, but... <sighs> This is the question that we talked about briefly in our discussion about that final episode. Whether Dedra would consider this a wonderful, blessed thing that she was rescued by him and actually kind of reward him in some fashion, or would she think that now she's vulnerable in the eyes of Cyril and do anything to destroy him to hide any evidence of that vulnerability? Personally, I think it's gonna be the latter. I mean, I think she's grateful for being rescued, but I don't think she can allow the thought of somebody who knows about that moment of vulnerability to even exist in this galaxy. So yeah, I feel like I am a bit sympathetic about Cyril because it really does seem like he is trying to do the right thing, even though he's doing it in a very wrong system, and... Unfortunately, you know, he is a product of that system and would only act to perpetuate that system. I mean, <laughs> think about the moment that we meet him where we find out that he has tailored his Preox Morlana corporate authority uniform to make it look you know, a little smarter, a little savvier, a little bit more fascisty, if you will. There's a little bit too much pride in the whole jackbooted identity, basically. So, yeah, my level of sympathy doesn't quite (laughs) extend very far. But, yeah, there are a few things that I think he got right. And even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So, anyway, that is my look at Cyril in the Andor series. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be